0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back into Locked on Colts, probably Locked on Podcast Network. Today's awesome host, Evan Sutter. I'm joined by our weekly co-host of the show, Jake Arthur. How you doing today, Jake?
1: I am awesome, buddy. Thanks again for having me.
0: Yeah, no problem at all. Appreciate you coming on again. And we, we didn't have a chance to talk last week, so I just want to get your opinions on the Raiders' loss. What was your opinion of that? And I feel like it was kind of very similar to last year's Jets game, where it was kind of just like, a failure on all sides there, and it was kind of just an opportunity where they they had, not, they had a golden opportunity, so to say, in the second half of that game, but they just couldn't capitalize on.
1: Yeah, I, I think you're right there. Um, if you're going to look for a silver lining in a loss like that, and it is pretty similar to last year, like you said, uh, I don't think they lose that game if they don't kind of get in their own way. Um, you know, there were there were some drops, there were probably some some balls here or there that, that could have gone differently. Uh, maybe maybe capitalize on a sack here or there. But it's, it's not like they're getting overwhelmed by the opponent, which is good. Uh, I, I thought they definitely should have and could have beaten Oakland. Um, just one, one of those things that they, they learned midway through last year to kind of calm down and focus on one thing at a time and, and not get in their own way. Um, so hopefully they, they kind of realize that last week looked really similar to some of their losses last year and just kind of use the same formula going forward. Um, luckily they do have the bye week coming up in week six. Uh, so that kind of, that kind of gives them an early opportunity to, to regroup and see what they can start doing differently.
0: This is core of the the, the pseudo-quarter poll, so to say, Jake. So I might as well get your opinion on this as well. It, putting in the factor that Jacoby Brissett is going to be the starting quarterback from the very beginning, sixteen games he'd be starting in the situation. Does, does two and two surprise you? Is it underachieving, overachieving with the situation they're currently in? I think two and two with Jacoby Brissett quarterback is pretty good for where they're at with the schedule they have coming up.
1: Yeah, I I'd agree with that. Um I think I think a lot of people would have said you know, they probably would have given them losses to the Chargers and maybe the Falcons. Um, it wound up being losses to the the Raiders and the Chargers, but they still came out two and two. Regardless, um, they they looked impressive in their two wins, and there was there was a lot to be happy about and kind of feel at ease about moving forward. Uh, plus, Jacoby is, is kind of starting to get some love nationally. You know, he he's tied for the league lead in. And uh, passing touchdowns with Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mah- Patrick Mahomes, who might be the two front runners for MVP. Uh, he's he's killing it in the red zone. Um, I think you got to be pleased with what we've seen the first quarter of the season.
0: Yeah, I would certainly agree with you there. I think what Jacoby Brissett's done has been super impressive with the situation he was thrown in, and also the offense I think is still humming at a good pace even without Andrew Luck as their quarterback anymore. But let's let's dive in here to your positional preview, Jake, that you do each week. I know the listeners love it when you go uh deep dive into these sort of matchups. And let's start off with the core position. And I got George Bremer's opinion earlier this week and he thinks that Mahomes kind of reminds him a little bit of Brett Favre as far as comparisons go. Where would you rank Patch Mahomes not only in the NFL right now, but also if you had to think a comparison for him?
1: Um I th- I think historically Brett Favre probably is the is the most you know, it's probably the easiest answer. But I think that Mahomes is probably a little more efficient. Uh, I mean, don't forget Brett Favre when he hung him up. I'm pretty sure he was the all-time leader in interceptions. Also, Mahomes doesn't really turn it over as much, and he doesn't get sacked all that much either. Uh, so he's he's got all the gunslinger and arm talent uh, kind of components that Favre had, but at the same time, he takes a little better care of the ball. And um, you know, I I honestly haven't. I haven't seen a player be able to do the things just kind of – I don't know if it's necessarily when a play breaks down or just their complete ability to just start playing backyard football. But Aaron Rodgers was always the guy who I said, you know, was probably going to be the best quarterback of all time. But now after seeing Mahomes, you know, kind of start to duplicate in year two what he did in year one and prove that he's the real deal in my opinion, I mean Mahomes might be a guy that we we never see again. You know, we may never see a guy like that again or at least not for a long time cuz I just I can't think of a quarterback who I it's not even it's you don't even worry about your team playing cuz you know they're just going to go off cuz he he can go off against any team. I I could imagine Mahomes Doing really well against the Patriots defense right now, who has just smothered everybody. Um, so it's it's hard to find a historic, uh, historical comparison for the all around game, but just the eye test, I probably would agree with George and say Brett Favre.
0: Now, what is the Colts defense to do this week, Jake? I know it's a tough task against maybe the two time VP this time a few months from now with the way he's playing right now on pace for 6,000 passing yards. Patrick Mahomes is. What did the Colts have to do here? They can't do what they've done the first month of the season because the quarterbacks they've played against so far have done fairly well against them. So what did they have to mix that up here against Patrick Mahomes to pull off a, a huge upset on something? Uh,
1: so I, I think they did make him look human in the playoffs. Like he did very well, but I don't think he looked like the absolute just shredder that he did throughout the season. Uh, I think the Colts did very well with their, with their corner blitzes with uh, Kenny Moore coming off the edge from the nickel. I think they did really well with that. Uh, Jabal Sheard was able to capitalize in a matchup against Mitchell Schwartz, who's probably the best right tackle in the game. Danico Atre, if I remember correctly, did well. Uh, so I, I think it's probably the guys in the front seven, and you can include Kenny in that if you're counting him as a nickel blitzer. I think it's those guys just kind of having to really take advantage and, and do their jobs because they, they are capable. It's not like the Chiefs offensive line is like ridiculously elite. I mean they they, they can they can have matchups won against them. Uh, I do think the Colts secondary is probably in slightly better shape uh than it was last year. I mean it's it's odd you kind of had similar injuries at, at safety. But I do like Kari Willis being in there a little better than uh, what the Colts were, you know, kind of had, had to put out there last year. I think there's a little more depth, even though Malik Hooker is, uh, is going to be out again. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I don't know. I don't know that there's much you can do against Mahomes other than just doing your job. You know, it's, that's very coach speaky. But the Colts' defense looked pretty good for most of last year just doing their job. Uh, If they're fortunate enough to get Darius Leonard back this week, then it would be good to kind of see him turn on that maniac mentality and make some big plays. Because if you notice these past couple weeks, um, there's just been almost like some blank spaces late in games where you're like, okay, big-time Darius Leonard play here, but, you know, he's not been playing. And they've maybe missed that big play. Uh, so if, if he's able to come back this week, it would be good to kind of see him come up with one of those big key Darius Leonard moments late in the game.
0: Yeah, they've certainly been missing Darius Leonard, that's for sure. I think that some plays, like you mentioned, there, second half of all these last two games, there's been moments where I think Darius Leonard makes up for a possession here and there. But let me ask you about the other side of the ball here. As far as the Colts go, Jake, I know Patrick Mahomes is going to be a tough task for any defense, but Jacoby Brissett through four games with the circumstances he got thrown into him, uh, this time last month. I think with the way he's played, I know it's not elite, so to say, but just for what's happening right now with this team and with the way he's played so far, 10 touchdowns, two interceptions, you can't really ask for much better.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think he's been pretty efficient, uh, but I, I do actually think there is room for improvement there. Um, I think there's been some opportunities – where maybe just him and and the receiver haven't been on the same page. Um, I, I kind of think of some some plays with Deion Kane and Paris Campbell uh, that have been out there. They haven't been able to connect on him, but if if he can get his, his chemistry with those, especially those two guys, if he can get his chemistry with them down pack, I think that would really kick the offense up a notch because we know what both of those guys are capable of. Um, it is it is unfortunate that Jacob or not Jacoby, but uh, Devin Funches isn't out there uh, because I thought at the end of training camp and into the preseason that Jacoby and Funches were improving their chemistry and and you you could you could tell they'd started to work together a little more. Um, Brissett was kind of hitting him in stride and getting him on some back shoulder throws. So despite not having that guy that he was starting to get a little more comfortable with in training camp, despite not having him out there, I do think he's performed pretty well for, for the cast that's been out there. And, and also think we, we haven't had T.Y. Hilton for a week and a half, so, uh, or a game and a half. So I, I, I definitely agree with you when, when you say he's done pretty well with, with you know the circumstances at hand.
0: Going to the running game, Jake, I think this is where they, the Colts have to have a pretty big advantage on Sunday against the Chiefs and time possession and also just wearing down that Chiefs defense. What's impressed you or what's your been imp- your impression, so to say, of the Colts running game so throughout, through the first month of the season? Because uh, I think if Marlon Mack, even if Marlon Mack isn't 100% healthy, they might have to rely a lot on a guy like Jordan Wilkins on Sunday.
1: Yeah. And I I know some people might've been a little discouraged because of the run game last week, but at the same time, you know, they're, they were playing from behind quite a bit. So they, they just weren't able to run the ball as much. Um, I do think we saw some good things against Oakland just in, in limited in a limited sample size. We obviously know what they can do. We saw in week one, it, it looked, you know, just like they did several times last year. Um, but this year, and especially this week, um, I think if they if they can keep the game close, uh, then they really ha they do have an advantage in the run game, I think. Uh, I do have to kind of approach with cautious optimism because I thought the same thing last year. Uh, the chiefs were really poor against the run last year, you know, heading into that playoff matchup, I really circled it as a big you know a big uh, yeah, opportunity the Colts had, but the problem was. The Chiefs' defense was just so much better when they were at home, and I'm I'm kind of wondering if that's going to be the same case again this week um, because I think the Chiefs are 31st against the run uh, overall, and then 32nd in yards per carry allowed. So that's it's pretty they're legitimately poor against the run. Uh, it is an area the Colts have a strength against them, but does being an Arrowhead just kick the defense up a notch for the Chiefs? We'll have to see. Um, but, no, I, I mean, outside of, outside of uh, Chris Jones, I think the Colts have a definite advantage on the offensive line versus their defensive line. We just got to see it actually happen. Uh, again, if they can keep the game close and not let it get away from them so they don't have to abandon the run, then I do think, whether it's Marlon Mack or Jordan Wilkins doing the bulk of the early or early down stuff, I think the Colts could have a really productive day on the ground.
0: I think what scares Colts fans the most, Jake, heading into Sunday is just the playmakers the Chiefs have. You have Travis Kelsey. You have Tyreek Hill maybe playing. it. Let's just say he's not playing. Even if he's not playing, Jake, you have Sammy Watkins, McCole Hardman, LaShawn McCoy, Damian Williams. There's so much talent offensively on this team for the Chiefs, and it's going to put the Colts in a bind as far as kind of pick your poison scenarios here, like who you want to take away from the game and who can maybe impact it a different way.
1: Yeah, it's it's nuts. They're crazy deep pretty much everywhere. It's um, it's one of those things where, again, you just, uh, I, I guess, not try to be a hero. You just kind of have to do your assignment and, you know, play your zone. The unfortunate thing is um, a defense like the Tampa 2 or, you know, a heavy zone defense, um, tight ends are often very productive against it, like we saw with Travis Kelsey and the Colts last year. I think he had 100 yards or pretty close to it. Um, he's looked like his his normal dominant self this year. Uh, I think we all saw that ridiculous play he had last week with the against the Lions, throwing that little lateral back to Lashawn McCoy. But it just shows you he's he's a special player, kind of like Mahomes. I just kind of feel like he's the, he's a the guy that's gonna get his he's gonna get his stats. Uh, just I, I guess just you can hope to defend him well even if he's going to get his numbers, but just don't let him dominate, you know. Um, You know, get, get your head turned around on downfield passes, you know, things like that, things where you can control. You can't control a guy who's just an outstanding athlete. You can't do anything about that. But if you show up and, you know, get your hands in passing lanes or, like I said, turn your head around when the ball is coming at you downfield and you're in that matchup, those are things you can do. Um, you know, that, that's the difference between an incompletion or a 35-yard, uh, you know, reception down the sideline. Um, so, yeah, that's, that, that's another tricky situation because, again, Travis Kelsey, that, that's a hard guy to, to even think that you can stop.
0: Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Enter promo code KICKOFF, K-I-C-K-O-F-F at checkout to receive a discount up to $100. Again, that is promo code KICKOFF over at Vivid Seats to get your discount to $100. If I'm a Colts fan, I'd definitely take advantage of that if I were you. Now, going to the Colts side of the ball, Jake, what's stood out most to you as far as the target distribution so far? T.Y. Hilton was well on his way to creating more separation if he probably played on Sunday with Jacoby Brissett as his top target. What else has stood out to you as far as maybe Deion Kane not getting going, Paris Campbell starting to get more involved. Then you also have Eric Ebron and his struggles last Sunday. Jack Doyle is kind of going back to 2017 Jack Doyle where he's all reliable and Brissett's really leaning on Doyle a lot more lightly. What's been your overall thought of the chart distribution that Brissett's put together to these weapons?
1: Uh, yeah, I did kind of assume it was going to be the tight ends. That picked up a lot of the slack with Hilton out, and that's exactly what it's been. Um, I, I think without drops last week, the production probably looks a lot better. Um, but, no, I, I do like how Jacoby's distributed the ball. He's, he doesn't have one clear guy that he's just locking on to, you know. Um, I, would, I would like to see some of those targets to Kane and Campbell become completions. Um, I, don't, I don't know what they have to do route-wise to make it happen, but I do think it's possible. Um, if it were me, I think I'd try to get Paris Campbell at least a couple slant routes every week. Um, cause he's just the kind of guy that can make anything happen with those or bubble screens, you know, uh, Deion Kane is kind of similar. We've seen that he can run after the catch as well. Uh, but I think you have to be pretty thankful that, you know, your, your veterans and Chester Rogers and Zach Pascal have kind of stepped up. I thought Chester looked good last week. You know, Zach Pascal has answered the call anytime he's, he's called on whether it was last year or this year, or whatever. He's not even a field stretcher. He's just kind of, he's he's one of those really reliable chain movers, but he's done exactly what the Colts have asked of him. Um, so I I will say, I think there's room for improvement there, which honestly is an encouraging thing, uh, but I do think that Jacoby's done a good job with that target distribution, getting it to pretty much everybody. There, there's no one that's running away with the targets in Hilton's absence, so it kind of, It kind of keeps the defense from having to key in on just one guy.
0: Going into the trenches here, Jake, for this next point of our preview, who has the edge here between the Colts and the Chiefs? I know the Colts have the offensive line, and then they have Justin Houston's kind of revenge game, so to say, as they go back to Kansas City. But the Chiefs have been actually holding up pretty well on both sides of the ball so far.
1: Yeah, and uh I, I did the Chiefs a disservice a moment ago by not mentioning Frank Clark uh on the defensive line. But yeah, he he's he's a hell of a pass rusher, so you can't ignore that. Um luckily I think Anthony Costanzo has played pretty good ball so far. Um, so unless they're moving Frank Clark all around, I I do think the Colts have a good blocker out there to hopefully neutralize uh Clark. That's not to say he couldn't get a couple pressures, but, you know, just just keep him off of Jacoby's back. Um, So that's tough. Chris Jones is one of the more dominant interior defenders in the league. Um, You hear a lot of people talk about, you know, Aaron Donald and and such. But there's a next group that has Chris Jones, Fletcher Cox, Geno Atkins, those guys. And, you know, Chris Jones has a a pretty favorable um, argument for being the number two defensive tackle. And for a guy that big, you don't often see the pass rush presence that he provides. Um, I, he had over a dozen sacks last year, I think. He, he had a really crazy streak. But uh, that, that'll be tough for the Colts' offensive line to deal with. But luckily, they do have a quality offensive line. And uh, even though the Chiefs have kind of changed up their defense a little bit, uh, under Steve Spagnolo. They're more of a base 4-3 than they were last year in the 3-4. Uh, I I do think the Colts offensive line will, you know, th- that's a proud group. Uh, and, and I think we all saw that the Chiefs defensive line really got the better of, of the Colts front last year in the playoffs. Uh, I do think the Colts offensive line will be up for the challenge and want to kind of impose themselves a little bit. I mean, these are guys that like to get nasty and run the ball and everything, so you know, if the game is close, they'll probably be hounding, you know, Coach Reich to really run the ball so they can get physical with the Chiefs defensive line. And then on the on the flip side of it, I I think we all would like to really see a Justin Houston revenge game. Um, Because it didn't, it didn't super seem like an amicable split, you know, it was more one of those things where they let him go, he's kind of expensive. And, you know, they're changing defensive schemes. So Ironically, he joins a team with a similar base scheme as the Chiefs moved to. And, you know, now it's time to show them, you know, maybe what they, what they let go. Um, so you hope to see Houston kind of just being happy for the guys, see him have a productive game out there. Um, but there, the, obviously the Colts' pass rush has been a little missing in the last couple games as well. Um, there's been some pressures, but they just haven't quite gotten home and, and got the sacks. Uh, I think Komoko Toure has looked really good at times. I think you've got to kind of keep riding that horse and, and let him rush the passer because I think he can get there. Um, luckily for the Colts' defensive line, uh, left tack, Chiefs left tackle Eric Fisher has been banged up all week and has not practiced yet. Uh, so that that could be a little advantage that the Colts have. Uh, I think Jabal Shear being back is huge, not only for the occasional pass rush, but I I think he is overall a really good edge-setting defensive end. Um, it's, it's one reason very few teams were able to run against the Colts last year is because he just had that left side locked down. And if they tried to get outside, you know, he was he was stretching it and allowing his linebackers to get to the ball. So I think him being back and being in his second game already, shaking off the rest, I think that'll be pretty big too. And, uh, you know, Denico Autry, I, I think we all know he's been a very productive, very dangerous interior uh, pass rusher, probably one of the more underrated ones in the game at this point, considering how productive and disruptive he's been uh, basically since halfway through last year.
0: I think really what's I'm most looking forward to with this matchup, Jay, we talked this last time for the Atlanta game, that Quentin Nelson one-on-one matchup with Grady Jarrett. And I was surprised when I could watch the tape again. Quentin Nelson kind of dominated Grady Jarrett and the reps that they had together before he went out of the game. That's Jarrett with the injury they had to his toe. I think Chris Jones is one of those matchups. I think Jones is the best of Quentin Nelson this time last year, and I think this could be a statement game for him. And it's one of those where I think who would win – like if you had an a practice situation, Jake, 50 one-on-one matches, how many would it be like – 50-50 split between those two guys as far as who wins the most reps there I feel like it'd be a really close one.
1: Oh yeah I mean that that's two guys that are at the top of at, about the top of the league at their position like I said Chris Jones might be the second best defensive tackle in the league Quentin Nelson a lot of people already think he's the top left guard in the league um, so that that's just a complete toss-up right there um, one thing I will say is that I'm I'm glad the Colts are playing the Chiefs at this point in the season, uh, as opposed to last year. Uh, the The term "running out of gas" was kind of thrown around a lot, um, not by the Colts necessarily, but just just the fact that they had gotten up so much throughout the year, they had to pour so much into coming back, even in making the playoffs. And then by the time they hit a team as as talented as the Chiefs, they did just kind of run out of gas. But facing them here in week five, you know, everyone's on level playing ground pretty much, you know. Um, it's early in the season. The Colts are banged up, but the Chiefs are a little bit too. Um, but it's, it's not like guys have had 20 weeks of, of wear and tear on them by this point, you know. So I, I do think the Colts, I do think they'll look a little better in the trenches this time than they did last time in January.
0: Yeah, it's certainly going to be a fun match to watch for that one, especially Quentin Nelson versus Chris Jones in the trenches there. L- let me go to the linebackers here for a second here, Jake, because we had the chance to talk about a little bit at the start of the show, with Darius Leonard and his absence. But just describe to the listeners here just how big of an absence. I think we've kind of seen on the field already the, the last two weeks, but how critical of a piece Darius Leonard is to this defense.
1: Uh, yeah, so just just for an example, the uh, the end arounds that Oakland had good success with last week, um, that's something that I would like to think Darius Leonard picks up on and probably is able to close off, um, you know, and, and not allow to to be those huge gains. I'm not saying they wouldn't be respectable gains, but you know, maybe not a sixty yard touchdown, and then however far the other one was. Um, but no, just his his diagnosis, his speed, his range. Um, he also okay. So he also finds himself in the right position, uh, which is very important, considering the Colts have a lot of young defenders out there right now. Darius already has a pretty advanced mind when it comes to diagnosing offenses, so you don't really see him overrunning or getting completely blown out of a play a lot. He. He is patient and kind of uses his, his hands to keep himself in good position. And even if he is on a block, he's got those long arms that kind of can keep him at a distance. And as the play is approaching him, he can just kind of jut off the block and, and make the tackle. Um, he's just kind of advanced. And it's, we shouldn't necessarily expect his backups to have that sort of the, all those sort of attributes. Uh, but it is something that the Colts are missing with him not out there. Um, he's just able to kind of, especially in the box, he's really able to knife through through the, the trenches, and he can kind of see through blocks, even if it's not him being blocked, that really good vision into the backfield. And then there was a couple things we saw last year, like him lining up in the slot against receivers. You know, not every linebacker can do that in a pinch, and the Colts feel comfortable allowing Darius to do those kind of random things not Again, not everyone can do that. So there's a lot of just unique play the Colts are missing without him out there. But with him being able to practice a couple times so far this week in a limited capacity, you know, fingers crossed that he's able to come back this Sunday because, you know, like like Patrick Mahomes told him last year, he's a hell of a player and he's going to be playing against him a long time. So I, I'm really interested to see the Patrick Mahomes versus Darius Leonard battles that could be coming over the years.
0: At the end of a hard week, it's great to sit down, take some time off, and watch the football. Game-winning touchdowns, two-minute drives. backs race down the signs with no one to stop them. There's nothing else like the NFL, and there's no better way to make the games even more exciting than to bet on them. So do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag. No one gives you more ways to win than they do. MyBookie's got the fastest payouts and better lines than any other sportsbook. And don't forget, where you're betting is who's important is who you're betting on, and mybookie.ag is the best in the business. It's where I play, and it's where you should, too. I won't be telling you guys to they we're not already the best, so do the smart thing and bet with them this football season. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a lot, bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, the multiplier winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of the year. Join that on MyBookie with will be your first deposit. Use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to activate the offer. That's promo code LOCKEDON, and visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, and you get paid. Before we go on to your three keys and prediction to this week, Jake, I want to get your final impressions of the secondary so far. And first off, let's go to the Malik Hooker injury because we didn't have a chance to speak about it since it happened. What, 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 How big of a blow is that to this defense? Because we saw already just when Hooker was out of the game against Atlanta in the third quarter, Matt Ryan kind of diced him up a little bit. Derek Carr kind of did the same thing on Sunday. Kari Willis has also done a really good job, but I feel like Hooker alongside Willis, for example, whenever Hooker returns is going to be a really fun duo, but in the meantime, we can't see it for the moment due to Hooker's injury.
1: Yeah, and I think I think him being out is especially a bummer this week because, you know, we didn't get to see him against the Chiefs last year either. Uh you want you want Hooker in there against teams that push the ball downfield and that take shots, even into double coverage and and things like that. Uh, it's it's one thing for it to be kind of a dink and dunk team, kind of like the Raiders um, or, or others. But a team like the Chiefs who has Patrick Mahomes and is going to fling the ball all over the field, quarterbacks aren't used to playing against safeties that have the range and the ability to eat up, you know, just yards of the field in an instant like Hooker does. Uh, so it is unfortunate for them to not have him this week. Um, but like I said, I do think, I, I do think Willis and Gathers, if Gethers is able to play or whether it's, you know, Willis and Odom, what have you, I'm a little more comfortable with that pairing than what the Colts had going last year. Clayton Gathers was so banged up at the end of last year when he was out there. And I think JJ Wilcox was the other starting safety. Uh, things just didn't really go well in, in last year's matchup. And so I'm a little more comfortable this year. Um, like you said, Willis, Willis has been very impressive. And I, I liked him, but he's, he's already kind of outplaying where I thought he would be at this point. Uh, his diagnosis and his instincts was always a strength of his game um, and his ability to quickly get to the ball. Um, but like you said, if he's able to kind of match up with a a natural free safety next to him like whether you have hooker in the future or whether it's george odom on sunday i do think even though Kari wills can play different roles i think his best role is kind of as a strong safety where the plays are kept in front of him and he's just kind of able to diagnose and fire after the ball because that that's just where I think he's at his best because he's very smart. He's kind of got a linebacker's mentality, kind of like a Darius Leonard mind in him. You know, he he's got that kind of diagnosis and range to where he can just make a lot of plays. We've seen it a couple times with tackles for loss, where he he can go and just crush a guy out on the boundary, or he you know sniffs out a, a quick screen pass or a flare pass. That's the kind of stuff that he can do. And if he's doing it more as a strong safety, um, then I think that's where he could have his biggest impact. Uh, but, uh, you know, Clinton Gathers' availability is completely up in the air at this point. Uh, I don't think he practiced today either, if I remember correctly, on the on the injury report. Um, so, I mean, that certainly doesn't, you know, bode well unless he's able to get in tomorrow at, at some capacity. Uh, but I do think if it's Odom and Willis that it, it's not the end of the world. You, of course, want a, a healthy Clayton Gathers and a healthy Malik Hooker out there, but they really love George Odom. I, I think he's got instincts as well. I think he's got toughness, and he's, he's a good tackler as well. And Kari Willis, you know, we, we just talked about him. I think you got a couple of, of safeties back there, if it's Odom and Willis, that – that are sure tacklers, and I don't think they're going to be liabilities. Even though they're young guys, I think I think they could be a good pairing because we also saw them quite a bit together in training camp behind Hooker and, and Gethers, and we even saw them take reps together with the first team as the two safeties. So I, I don't think it's going to be as big of a deal as what will probably be made leading up to the game if Gathers gets rolled out as well.
0: Going on now to your three keys to the game, Jake, I, I just saw the spread as 11 points for this game on multiple sports books here. And then we also – it seems like everyone's kind of doubting the Colts in this game for, for – I mean, for some obvious reasons. They, they, they've gone down a little bit. They're injured and they're going to play against the likely MVP right now, Patrick Mahomes. But w- what do the Colts need to do for your three keys to this game on something to Paul off the big upset in Kansas City?
1: Uh, so two of the biggest things I think are something that they've struggled with a little bit lately. Um, I do think they need to establish the run, and not just for the purposes of eating up clock and keeping the Chiefs off the field, because the Colts don't play. They don't play that way. They've they've mentioned it before. They're not gonna. They're not going to change what they do because of the other team. You know, the, of the other offense. But, um, I mean, look at, look at a team like Detroit last week. They ran the ball really well, and no one would have thought Detroit would have been in that game. So I, I think if the Colts can, can establish the run and, you know, maybe rush for 125 yards north of 125 yards, uh, then that could do them really well and capitalize on third downs and, and things like that, even with the run. Uh, I think they definitely are going to have to have more pass rush than they've had the last couple weeks. Because um, I mean, you, you, can't, you can't let a quarterback that basically is a Madden creative player, you can't let a guy like that not have any pressure. Um, so obviously uh, they'll need to get some pressure with guys like Danico Autry up the middle and then hopefully with, you know, Houston, Sheard, Toure, Banigou from the edge. Um, They have been moving their personnel on the defensive line around a little bit. We've kind of seen some neat things. uh, Jabal Sheard inside, Justin Houston inside, Danico Autry back outside. So I I think mixing up those looks could also help produce some pass rush as well. Uh, So those two things, definitely. Um, And then the the third thing, probably just uh, eliminating those self-inflicted wounds, you know um like like we kind of talked about earlier in the show over the last season and this season the colts probably would have had a lot of different results if not for those self-inflicted wounds whether it's drops untimely penalties uh just just things like that um you know mental mistakes like maybe a a blown coverage or something just don't beat yourself you know this this chiefs team is already going to be a difficult enough opponent you know don't make yourself part of that opposition. Uh, just kind of play as clean, as clean of a game as you can. You know, focus on, on your job and just, you know, again, the Chiefs do a good enough job of beating teams. Don't let yourselves, you know, be part of, of that defeat. You know, if you do your job, you stand a good chance at possibly winning this game.
0: It's certainly – I think it's going to be a, a more fun game than a lot of fans expect on Sunday. I think the Colts are going to keep it close here. I think they are, will barely cover the spread. I think the, the Chiefs will eventually win and pull away in the fourth quarter, though, 34-24. If you haven't already, listeners, go ahead and follow Jake on Twitter at JakeArthurNFL. You can also read his content over on Colts.com like I do. As always, Jake, appreciate coming on. We'll talk again next week. Yeah, no problem at all, man. Thanks for having me.